0: and ladies welcome to the junior classics hi there i'm sir bradley hassey a teller of borrowed tales join me as i share stories of courage adventure and wonder but don't take my word for it you can find out for yourself on today's junior classic
1: good evening kind friends
0: what do you take for that hoid is it making game of me you are take that
1: for your page.
0: Jewels, do you say? Ah, now couldn't you take me with you?
1: I won't have her, I tell you! I won't have her!
0: Greetings, Junior Scholars! I am Sir Bradley Hasse, guardian of the written word in your guide through the Junior Classics. Our mission is to safeguard the classics and inspire children to a love of good reading and a real and lasting interest in Western literature and history. If this is your first time listening, thank you for joining us, and a very special thank you to my loyal listeners who tune in each and every episode, especially my Patreon supporters who help keep the show going and growing. If you like what we are doing, creating stories for the good of your kids, consider supporting me on Patreon for five ducats a month. The best way to help, however, is to tell a friend about the show and ask them to listen. If you want to reach me, send me a letter to P.O. Box 1153, Crown Point, Indiana 46308. Any listener who sends in an art project based on a story will in return receive some very cool Junior Classic bookmarks. Now today, we embark on a fresh journey to the land of Ireland. But before we move on... Lost and Found World. Listen carefully to these words and their meanings and try and spot them during the story. Our first word today is cud. That's C U D, cud. Cud is partly digested food returned from the first stomach of ruminants to the mouth for further chewing. And what is a ruminant, you may ask? Ruminants are large hoofed mammals that graze, and they are able to get their nutrients from plants by fermenting it in a specialized stomach prior to digestion. After the food digests in the first stomach for a little bit, it actually ferments. They throw it up into their mouth again and continue to chew it. Ruminant literally means to chew over again. Our second word today is vagabond with a V, vagabond. This is a person who wanders from place to place without a home for a job. Our third word is halfpence. A halfpence is a former British coin equal to half a penny. Halfpence, halfpenny. And our next word is mayhap, mayhap. Does that kind of sound like maybe, perhaps? Mayhap means perhaps, possibly, or maybe. Our next word is delude with a D. Delude means to deceive or mislead someone and finally our last word is drove with a d drove a drove is a herd or flock of animals being driven in a body that's all for this week's lost and found words now on to the show Ireland is an island nation on the westernmost edge of Europe. It is the continent's second largest island after Great Britain. The Republic of Ireland occupies 80% of this landmass, while a large chunk of land in the north is part of the United Kingdom. Ireland is known for its wide expanses of lush green fields. In fact, its nickname is the Emerald Isle. But there are also large areas of rugged, rocky landscape. Many ages ago, Ireland was completely covered by thick glaciers. The movement of these giant sheets of ice stripped the soil, leaving huge tracks of flat limestone pavement. The Midlands and west coast of Ireland are dotted with damp, peat bogs. The soggy remains of dried up ancient lakes left by the glaciers. Ireland's highlands rise mainly in the southwest, often ending at sheer cliffs that plunge thousands of feet into the Atlantic Ocean. Ireland is a nation of storytellers. The tradition dates back to Celtic bards who would record and recite the country's history. We shall hear some of their greatest tales and fables in this series. And did you know that there are no snakes in Ireland? The sea has stopped many animals common on mainland Europe from reaching the island. Moreover, according to Irish legend, while St. Patrick came to Ireland to spread Christianity, he banished all the snakes from the Emerald Isle, chasing them into the sea from atop a cliff where he had undertaken a 40-day fast. I wonder, were the snakes St. Patrick chased away ordinary serpents Or are the snakes a symbol of something? Hmm, we'll have to explore that another day. Now, on to the show.
1: Hudden and Dudden and Donald O'Neary.
0: There was once upon a time, two farmers, and their names were Hudden and Dudden. They had poultry in their yards, sheep on the uplands, and scores of cattle in the meadowland alongside the river. But for all that they weren't happy. For just between their two farms there lived a poor man by the name of Donald O. Neary. He had a hovel over his head and a strip of grass that was barely enough to keep his one cow Daisy from starving. And though she did her best, it was but seldom that Donald got a drink of milk or a roll of butter from Daisy. You would think there was little here to make Hudden and Dudden jealous, but so it is. The more one has, the more one wants, and Donald's neighbors lay awake of nights, scheming how they might get hold of his little strip of grassland. Daisy, poor thing, they never thought of. She was just a bag of bones. One day, Hudden met Dudden, "'and they were soon grumbling as usual, "'and all to the tune of "'if we could only get that vagabond "'Donald O'Neary out of the country. "'Let's kill Daisy,' said Hudden at last. "'If that doesn't make him clear out, "'nothing will.' "'No sooner said than agreed, "'and it wasn't dark, "'before Hudden and Dudden "'crept up to the little shed "'where lay poor Daisy "'trying her best to chew the cud, "'though she hadn't had as much grass in the day "'as would cover your hand.' And when Donald came to see if Daisy was all snug for the night, the poor beast had only time to lick his hand once before she died. Well, Donald was a shrewd fellow, and downhearted though he was, began to think if he could get any good out of Daisy's death. He thought and he thought, and the next day you could have seen him trudging off early to the fair. Daisy's hide over his shoulder "'Every penny he had jingling in his pockets. "'Just before he got to the fair, "'he made several slits in the hide, "'put a penny in each slit, "'walked into the best inn of the town "'as bold as if it belonged to him, "'and hanging the hide up to a nail in the wall, "'sat down. "'Some of your best whiskey,' says to the landlord, "'but the landlord didn't like his looks.
1: "'Is it fearing I won't pay you, you are? "'Why?' I have a hide here that gives me all the money I want.
0: And with that, he hit it with a whack with his stick and out hopped a penny. The landlord opened his eyes, as you may fancy.
1: What do you take for that hide? It's not for sale, my good man. Will you take a gold piece? It's not for sale, I tell you. Hasn't it kept me in mine for years?
0: And with that, Donald hit the hide another whack and out jumped a second penny. Well, the long and short of it was that Donald let the hide go, and that very evening, who but he should walk up to Hudden's door.
1: Good evening, Hudden. Will you lend me your best pair of scales?
0: Hudden stared, and Hudden scratched his head, but he lent the scales. When Donald was safe at home, he pulled out his pocket full of bright gold, and began to weigh each piece in the scales. But Hudden had put a lump of butter at the bottom, and so the last piece of gold stuck fast to the scales when he took them back to Hudden. If Hudden had stared before, he stared 10 times more now, and no sooner was Donald's back turned than he was off as hard as he could pelt to Dudden's. Good evening, Dudden. That vagabond, bad luck to him. You mean Donald O'Neary? And who else should I mean? He's back here weighing out sacks fulls of gold. How do you know that? Here are my scales that he borrowed, and here's a gold piece still sticking to them. Off they went together, and they came to Donald's door. Donald had finished making the last pile of ten gold pieces, and he couldn't finish because a piece had stuck to the scales. In they walked without an if you please or "by your leave Well, I never was all they could say.
1: Oh, good evening, Hudden. Good evening, Dudden. Ah, you thought you had played me a fine trick, but you never did me a better turn in all your lives. When I found poor Daisy dead, I thought to myself, well, her hide may fetch something, and it did. Hides are with her waiting ghoul in the market just now.
0: Hudden nudged Dudden, and Dudden winked at Hudden. Good evening, Donald O'Neary. Good evening, kind friends. The next day, there wasn't a cow or a calf that belonged to Hudden or Dudden, but her hide was going to the fair in Hudden's biggest cart, drawn by Dudden's strongest pair of horses. When they came to the fair, each one took a hide over his arm, and there they were walking through the fair, bawling out at the top of their voices, Hides the cell! Hides the cell! Out came the tanner. How oh, much for your hides, good men? Their weight in gold. It's early in the day to come out of the tavern. That was all the tanner said, and back he went to his yard. Hides the cell. fine fresh hides the cell. Out came the cobbler. How much for your hides, my men? Their weight in gold. Is it making game of me, you are? Take that for your page. And the cobbler dealt Hudden a blow that made him stagger. Up the people came. "'running from one end of the fair to the other. "'What's the matter? What's the matter?' cried they. Here are a couple of vagabonds selling hides at their weight in gold,' said the cobbler. "'Hold them fast,
1: hold them fast,'
0: bawled the innkeeper, "'who was the last to come up. He was so fat.
1: "'Oh, wait, it's one of those rogues who tricked me out of thirty gold pieces yesterday for a wretched hide.'
0: "'It was more kicks than halfpence that Hudden and Dudden, got before they were well on their way home again but they didn't run the slower because all the dogs of the town were at their heels well as you may fancy if they loved donald little before they loved him less now well
1: what's the matter friends
0: said he as he saw them tearing along their hats knocked in and their coats torn off and their faces black and blue is it fighting you've been or mayhap you met the police Ill luck to them? We'll police you, vagabond. It's mighty smart you thought yourself, deluding us with your lying tales.
1: Who deluded you? Didn't you see the gold with your own two eyes?
0: But it was no use talking. Pay for it he must, and should. There was a meal sack handy, and into it, Hudden and Dudden popped Donald O'Neary, tied him up tight, ran a pole through the knot, and off they started for the brown lake of the bog, each with a pole end on his shoulder and Donald O'Neary between. But the brown lake was far. The road was dusty. Hudden and Dudden were sore and weary and parched with thirst. There was an inn by the roadside. Let's go in, said Hudden. I'm dead beat. It's heavy he is for the little he had to eat. If Hudden was willing, so was Dudden. As for Donald, You may be sure his leave wasn't asked, but he was lumped down at the inn door for all the world as if he had been a sack of potatoes. "'Sit still, you vagabond,' said Dudden. "'If we don't mind waiting, you needn't.' Donald held his peace, but after a while he heard the glasses clink, and Hudden singing away at the top of his voice.
1: "'I won't have her, I tell you. I won't have her,'
0: said Donald but nobody heeded what he said.
1: I won't have her, I tell you! I won't have her!
0: said Donald, and this time he said it louder, but nobody heeded what he said.
1: I won't have her, I tell you! I won't have
0: her! said Donald, and this time he said it as loud as he could. And who won't you ask? May I be so bold as to ask? said a farmer, who had just come up with a drove of cattle and was turning in for a glass.
1: It's the king's daughter. They are bothering the life out of me to marry her.
0: You're the lucky fellow. I'd give something to be in your shoes.
1: Do you see that now? Wouldn't it be a fine thing for a farmer to be marrying a princess, all dressed in gold and jewels? Jewels, do you say? Ah, now couldn't you take me with you? Well, you're an honest fella, and as I don't care for the king's daughter, Though she's as beautiful as the day, and is covered with jewels from top to toe, you shall have her. Just undo the cord, and let me out. They tied me up tight, as they knew I'd run away from her.
0: Out crawled Donald, and in crept the farmer.
1: Now lie still, and don't mind the shaking. It's only rumbling over the palace steps you'll be, and maybe they will abuse you for a vagabond who won't have the king's daughter, but you needn't mind that. Ah, it's a deal I'm giving up for you. "'Sure as it is that I don't care for the princess.'
0: "'Take me cattle in exchange,' said the farmer. "'And you may guess it wasn't long "'before Donald was at their tails driving them homewards. "'Out came Hudden and Dudden, "'and the one took one end of the pole "'and the other the other. "'I'm thinking he's heavier,' said Hudden. "'Ah, never mind,' said Dudden. "'It's only a step now to the Brown Lake.' "'I'll have her now.' "'I'll have her now,' bawled the farmer from inside the sack. "'By my faith and you shall, though,' said Hudden, and he laid his stick across the sack. "'We'll have her! We'll have her!' bawled the farmer, louder than ever. "'Well, here you are,' said Dudden, for they were now come to the brown lake, and, unslinging the sack, they pitched it plump into the lake. "'You'll not be playing your tricks on us any longer,' said Hudden, "'True for you,' said Dudden. "'Ah, Donald, my boy, it was an ill day when you borrowed my scales.' Off they went, with a light step and an easy heart. But when they were near home, who should they see but Donald O'Neary. And all around him the cows were grazing, and the calves were kicking up their heels and butting their heads together. "'Is it you, Donald?' said Dudden. "'Faith, you've been quicker than we have.' True
1: for you, Dudden, and let me thank you kindly, the turn was good, if the will was ill. You'll have heard, like me, that the brown leg leads to the land of promise. I always put it down as lies, but it is just as true as my word, look at the cattle."
0: Hudden stared, and Dudden gaped, but they couldn't get over the cattle, fine fat cattle they were too. It's only the worst I could bring up with me,
1: the others were so fat there was no driving them. Faith, too. It's little wonder they didn't care to leave, with grass as far as you could see, and as sweet and juicy as fresh butter.
0: Ah, now, Donald, we haven't always been friends, said Dutton, but as I was just saying, you were ever a decent lad, and you'll show us the way, won't you? I don't
1: see that I'm called upon to do that. There is a power more kettle down there. Why shouldn't I have them all to myself?
0: They may well say, the richer you get, the harder the heart. You always were a neighborly lad, Donald. You wouldn't wish to keep the luck all to yourself. True for you,
1: Hudden. Though it is a bad example you set me, well, I'll not be thinking of old times.
0: There is plenty for all there, so come along with me. Off they trudged with a light heart and an eager step. When they came to the brown lake, The sky was full of little white clouds, and if the sky was full, the lake was as full.
1: Ah, now look, there they are,
0: cried Donald, as he pointed to the clouds in the lake. Where, where, cried Hudden, and don't be greedy, (laughs) cried Dudden, as he jumped his hardest to be up first with the fat cattle. But if he jumped first, Hudden wasn't long behind. They never came back. Maybe they got too fat like the cattle. As for Donald O'Neary, he had cattle and sheep all his days to his heart's content. The end. Well, how did you like the first Irish tale? I rather enjoyed it. My question to you is how would you describe Hudden and Dudden? Were they good men The description that comes to my mind is they were jealous and greedy. They were not content with what they had, and apparently they had quite a lot. And they killed poor Daisy, scoundrels. I believe there's a kernel of wisdom in the opening of the story, we're told, the more one has, the more one wants. So be careful junior scholars, as you continue to grow and start collecting more and more things. Be sure to be thankful for what you have and don't let jealousy and greed for what others have get the better of you. That's all for this episode. Until next time, I am Sir Bradley Hessey. Be brave, be loyal, and speak the truth. Now for you parents out there, I want you to understand why we are doing this, what we are trying to achieve, and how you can help us. This is a rescue operation to preserve the classics and the wisdom within before it is lost forever. Our goal is to inspire children with a love of good reading by safeguarding and breathing new life into the greatest stories in history and empower you, the parents, with a resource you can trust to enrich your child's mind and spirit. We don't want these stories and the wisdom within to be forgotten so our children don't have to learn these lessons on their own. The most important thing you can do for us is to spread the message and tell others about these stories and what we are doing. If you want to donate, we would love that as well. My promise is that 100% of donations will go to building the impact and quality of the Junior Classics. If you have feedback and thoughts on how we can do things better, please send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. You're
1: listening to the Junior jail-
0: And now, a song dedicated to Saint Patrick from our friends at Fantasy and World Music.